start early because usually this goes long if people have a lot of questions. So can we just have you guys briefly introduce yourselves so people know where you're from? Go ahead. Oh, I'm Monica from Lakeville North. How many years? From Eden Prairie. I'm filling in our head coach has her baby here. So. Okay. How many years have you coached? Oh. 17. Okay. My 17th year. And Olivia. Yeah. Seven. Seven. Okay. I'm Kelly from Sartell and this is my 20th year. Um, I'm Kristen from Medina, and this is my 11th year. I'm Sharon from Orono, and this will be my 21st year. And I'm Cindy, and this is my, four, I think it's my 45th year, I'm wow. pretty sure. I'd have to sit and figure it out, but I can't even believe that. I did start when I was 17, so figure that out. Okay, um, <laughs> and Sharon has done A and double A, so I thought... That, that that would be nice because she can, uh, you know, sometimes it's a little different, but I think everything's basically the same. Okay, so first thing we want to talk about is have you done anything successful to grow your program and get more people interested in it? And I told them they don't all have to answer, but so. Can you think of anything that helped you grow it? Um, when I started the dance team, we didn't have a team ever, so I was 19 and we didn't have a team. So started from zero and it at first was just if you want to be on the team, stop in the cafeteria. We didn't have tryouts, anything like that. Um, we had 21 girls and from there we have 56 girls now, um, 9th through 12th grade. And I would say the very early years were very much community involvement and promotion. So. Um, dancing at football games, dancing in parades, dancing anywhere we could get our name out in the community, volunteering, doing stuff like that, getting the awareness out there and really getting your kids to buy in to advertise that we are a program and something they want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. um, not just dancing, but just the involvement in being on the team in general was mm -hmm. big. And, and you know everything's self-fulfilling, so you have a little little tiny success along the way, and then celebrate that. Um, it doesn't have to be a big thing like winning state. It can be like we we did this one really good thing, or we placed first at this one competition. Mm -hmm. Great, get that in the paper. Get that. Or improve your you score. Know, whatever. Yeah, it's not always you know the big things, but just trying to advertise the small victories. Then people want to be part of something that's successful, so they will towards that. Um, when I first started, <laughs> Edina was a really small program and more of like a social club versus a team, really. That's what I felt like it kind of was. So then to grow that, I mean, we're like triple the size now. Um, but I really think it was just establishing a culture and changing the mindset. Um, and just kids started to come or more wanted to check it out because they kept hearing, oh, they work hard, weird, um, versus we're just here to like hang out. So it was definitely... I, I witnessed that because I remember Adina back in the day. So she really rechanged re the culture and made it into a yeah. viable competitive team. Thank you. It, it was, I think, our fall team, which is great. They just have had long-standing traditions and it's all about their grandma was a hornet and all these things. And that was kind of like the thing to do dance-wise at Edina. And so it was really um, me being this 20-year-old trying to figure out how to, you know, change that culture and mindset. But, like, no, if you work hard, it is really fun. And it can be rewarding. So that was a big shift for us. And that's how we started to grow. And now we're a giant. So. That's awesome. Okay, Sharon, this one's for you. What have you learned? Like, what would your your now self tell your 22-year-old self coaching? No year is the same. Every year is different. A lot is dependent upon, um, I think, the team culture set by the seniors. Um, let's see. Always, always learn new stuff. Don't ever think that you know it all. Mm -hmm. uh, That's key to staying in the game. Yeah. I'll just piggyback on that. Right now, if I go to a class and I pick up one thing, I think that's cool. But you know what else happens? I relearn re all the stuff I've forgotten. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I used to do that, you know, and now I've forgotten to do it. And then I bring it back. That happens to me a lot at camp. I'll be like, oh, yeah. So <laughs> the older I get, the more I forget. 
And maybe just realize, don't take yourself so seriously. Yeah. You know, yeah. have fun. I know that when we when we were back when I was back in Montevideo, I mean it, it was it, it, our our section was very very competitive and and I look back now where you know it was basically three teams that would always go and we were also stressed out about what place we would be and now it's just like oh god I just want to try to go you yeah, know and, and just like why did I why did I stress out so much back then? Mm -hmm. And then what's funny is when you think back. Later, you're like, what did we get that year? You know, I have, don't have a quote. Yeah, go look it up. You know, so it's a good point. Um, Monica, I'll ask you this one: How do you stop comparing your program to other programs? Or how do you stop your kids from doing it? I guess we just don't, as coaches. Okay. So we don't. We will. Like, we want the kids to watch other teams when we're at competition. Like, if we can, if there's a video or if we can go in and watch certain teams, we will do that. But we never say, do you see how they do this? We don't do that. Like, we would never say that to our kids. We would never say, like, um, you know, like, like, we need to kick higher like them or we need to perform more like they do. We just would not, we don't compare that way, I guess. I think... We try to focus on like what we can do and what we can control in our practice and um, at competition and yeah, what we can control. So I think we try not to do the comparison thing. Good. Okay, what works for you? Um, I'll, I'll open this up to anybody. Any tricks for inspiring confidence in your athletes? I feel like on our team we try and catch kids doing things right so like even if there's parts in the routine that they're really struggling with if there's a different part that they're killing or even if it's like that kid's always smiling but their technique still needs some help you know you point out the good things and it totally can make a kid's day like you can just see them they're dancing so much more confident then um, and similar like we don't compare to other programs for the most part we just are trying to beat our own scores and like we really talk about that after every meet of like you guys that was awesome and routine effectiveness we went up five points like that just means you had more energy and we're smiling more even if that's the only thing we improved in like from meet to meet we really try and point out like this we did awesome in that's great now let's work on this next thing and just to piggyback off that what we do a lot of times in practice and we kind of come up is like we give them our scores so like if we're working on execution that day or routine effectiveness. So we're gonna give an execution score and a routine effectiveness score and each coach gives like their score one through 10 and then the next time we compete, we give them our score. You know, or we say like, we would have given you this score today if we were doing that in practice today. Um, because it can be hard, like score sheet to score sheet, like competition to competition, but we're the same coaches so we know why we gave them a seven on Tuesday and why we're going to give them an eight today or whatever, and we can explain that to them. So that's good. I like that. And then also progress. I mean, we always just think we made progress. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. we don't have to be there yet. We made progress today. Yay! Let's go home. Yeah. <laughs> I like the let's go home. <laughs> so you're always moving forward. That's good. Um, all right. So anything else with confidence? This is a lot of good answers, not that we need anything else. I just. I think one thing I do is I just tell a kid, like, I know you can do this. Like, one-on-one, -on -one, in their face, I, like, I'm looking them in the eyes, and I know you can do this. And, like, for, them, for me to just say that, I feel like, like okay, <laughs> she told me I can do it, so <laughs> I'm going to do it today. We had, we had a girl that I picked to do the improv for tomorrow, and she was like, I can do it. <laughs> And then like, her mom came in, and I went, we picked her for, for improv. She goes, oh, you're so good at improv. And I said, see, you're the only one that thinks this. Mm -hmm. The rest of us all think you're awesome. Yeah. So it's finding what they think. Mm -hmm. I think praising, building up, you know, anything you do. I always say make it be a weak project if, with someone. If they're not mm -hmm. confident, like, we got to figure out a way to help you do that. Or we've got to because then you're in on it and then you're not attacking them. So I think inspiring their confidence is, and, and when Kelly said, sometimes you have a little success, it breeds success. So if a kid can feel successful over anything, then you can get them to that next level. So, you know, I, I can tell you what not to do. I've watched people at camp that have 
practice for the home routine show, and I just had this happen last week. A coach um, called her right after she was, come up here, you and you. And they came up, and it was like, and pretty soon both kids are crying as they left. And I was like, no, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You can say, here, let me show you how to do that, or we're going to get you better. You don't beat a kid up. You know, I mean, there's, there's times when I'll, I'll get after a kid if they deserve it. But those kids, just because they aren't meeting your expectation at that moment, guess what that is when that happens? When a coach attacks a kid? I'll, I'll answer my own question. It's usually when you are feeling, oh, I've got to show my team at the home routine show tonight, and they're not quite ready. That's your ego. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So really learn to keep your ego in check because you usually lash out at kids when you're feeling, I have a funny story about Amanda, she's not in here right now, but she taught a class for us and it had, she had the C class. And she said that at the competitions, you know, we had a kid in the class that had, that was, you know, on the spectrum and love her. God, I love that kid. But she, she would, she came out and went, right before we went out, we're gonna lose. <laughs> So anyway, she yeah. said she wanted to go out and go, excuse me, I do know how to coach. <laughs> Don't judge me on this class. Okay, so with that said, you've got to be secure enough to know every, Sharon said, every team is different every year. You're going to have some great teams and you're going to have some teams where you're going, oh my, bye-bye. A lot of special projects here. You know? So, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. So let go of your ego. Okay, next question. Uh, what is your best get her done mentality to really push and get things done? I feel like I live that way every day of my life. I was going to say, I do too. So <laughs> that's a good point. I don't know what I do. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I, I think efficiency, I mean, that's mm -hmm. just how I function to get things done. I'm someone that gets a little impatient and wish I had more patience at some times. Mm -hmm. it's something I'm working on a skill, but really just being efficient. I usually have an internal plan that I don't always um, map out or tell the team, but then I'll just lift it. This is our plan. Water, counts, music, go. And then they all know, and then that's what we do. And it's just, all right, time one, that wasn't it. Okay, we're gonna do that again. We've added on, so we don't have time to do this again, so let's go. Like, I just get really, like, internal and efficient, and I think my kids just have learned that I just have a quick Go, let's go, let's go, and then they just have to be on top of it and listen, and that's how I try to get her done. Get her done. Yeah. I think I create fake deadlines. Like I move up deadlines. I, I read one time that work expands to fill the time you allowed it. Allow it. So if you think, okay, we have three weeks, you're going to take three weeks. So sometimes I'll make up a fake. I don't mean to make it up, but like an example would be having a camp send off. So they had to do their camp routine a week ago then they get ready quicker because they had to do it and then you can polish more. So that's just an example, but create fake deadlines. I do it in our office all the time because people wait till the 11th hour and I'll say, let's have this done by X, Y, Z and then, you know, you have to do it. Right, Nick? <laughs> Poor Nick. Oh, he's always, I'm always going, can you do this by tomorrow? So. Okay. I have a schedule for the month, like this is everything that, or however many weeks leading up to whatever competition is happening. Um, so I'll have like this week we have to clean this much, this week we have, we have to clean this much. I have the dance like broken down how much needs to get done each week leading up to whatever we're doing. And then I have, even on that calendar I write like what drills we're doing every day. So I make sure we're doing certain drills three times a week or we're working out two times or it's all written on there. So then when I create my daily schedule, I look at that. What are we supposed to do today? And then I create a practice schedule for the two and a half hours. Every minute is mapped. Wow. And I do that for every day. And then the girls always say, what's your plan today, Sharon? Mm -hmm. And so I think it helps when I say, okay, we're going to get this, this, and this done. Yeah. And then they're like, okay. And yeah. They're kind of like, all right, let's mm -hmm. go do that. And then, you know, sometimes we'll get that. Like, Mm -hmm. I always say like my goal at the beginning of practice. Yeah. My goal for today is for us to get through this section. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cleaning this. I think communicating to them so yeah. that they understand what we're going to do in this amount of time helps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Similarly, we take the calendar and break it up. So like 
during different times of the season, you know, in the beginning you're learning the routine and then cleaning the routine and then you're obviously competing and changing things. And then towards the end of the season, we re-clean our routine. So we break it out of how many eight counts a day we need to be cleaning. Mm -hmm. And we usually tell our kids like, okay, this is what we're doing today. And then if we get it done, we do like team bonding or like improv and we like celebrate getting it done. So it's not like, okay, we're not going to beat a dead horse. Like we checked it off the list and Mm -hmm. let's move on. There's something to be said for checking off the list. And I know I was reading something and it, it just said, if you're a to-do list person, sometimes if you did something and got it done, you almost want to put it on there to check it off. So you can realize, oh, I accomplished that too. I just didn't write it down. But I think if you're a person that has a grease board up front, they probably like seeing that check, you know. So, um, Okay, next is tips on organization. Anybody have any of those? I'm old, I still need paper. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got it on these little things and I just need a piece of paper with a list. Yes, I need a piece of paper. <laughs> the one thing I'll say about the piece of paper is keep stuff from year to year. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I love, like even the camp warm-ups, oh my gosh, like I go back to the ones from 2011, you know, and rotate them through, but if you lose that thing, so I think a three-ring binder with, your stuff in it is great, or the computer, whichever way works for you. I'd say I've changed what I've done. I, When I started, I was 19 and just had to worry about myself and coaching, and that's it. And then I went to college, got married, had two kids. Now I'm like in the phase of I have two young kids at home, and I don't have all this extra time. So I would say being organized is key, but I'm not quite as organized maybe as Monica is. But... <laughs> um, I would say also like delegation. I really do yeah. rely on my assistant coaches and they are so wonderful about making sure like they'll remind me like, oh, we haven't done this yet or oh, we need to do this and trusting your assistant coaches to do their job too and not just, um, that helps me a lot because one person cannot do this job alone. The other thing about doing that, Kelly, is then it empowers your assistants more. I used to take over everything, and I, if I was there, I was, but now I'm like, like I came back to my, my assistant coach, Julie, is taking practice while I'm at camp most of the time, and I popped in to watch the other day, and, and she immediately wanted me to leave, I go, nope, you, you've been doing it, you take it, you know, and I think then they, they feel more empowered to be prepared and everything, so that's good. Yeah, I will say as an assistant coach, Jess is our head coach, is super organized and awesome, but she'll break out for us like in our schedule. So for camp practice, for example, she'd say, what coach is leading warm-up? And then it'd be like, and can you lead an ab war- like workout today? And then, okay, next coach next day is leading, can you do an arm workout? So she'll just break it out, but then it's on us to come prepared, and then it's one thing less off of her plate. And then, you know, if we're running a section of the dance, she doesn't have to be there standing there, like doing the whole thing, or if she's working with another kid or a different part. So we kind of just all pop in as needed, which is good. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Anything? I need the young ones for technology. That <laughs> <laughs> too. Yeah, I mean, even today I said, let's, okay, tonight let's get a list of what everybody's taking. And Megan just goes, well, you want me to just make a thing where they pick and blah, 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 and it does a thing. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a Google Drive girl, so like everything I have been doing since I started coaching, I actually was like, kind of browsed the other day in my drive it's almost full capacity. I'm like, oh shoot. <laughs> I buy more storage, but I was like, can I delete anything? It's like, I don't want to because I right. have stuff from like my 2011 season. I'm in there and I'm like, oh yeah, we, that's so cool. Kind of how you're saying bringing stuff back. Yeah, you'll recycle yeah. it. You will. So I just definitely encourage you to keep it filed somewhere. Drive is a really awesome place if you are a Google Drive person. But yeah. I know for me, I do a folder for every year. And in my folder, just on the computer, I'll have, and I just, the next, I've already started mine, you know, for next year, but I'll have, like, judging, so I can put all my judging sheets, you know, it'll say the year, so then if I want to go back, and not that I ever do, but, you know, I don't know, everything's disorganized, like warm-ups, parent info, you know, so you can find it at a glance, and then if I'm going to use it the next year, I just use an old one, pull it in there. Something else we just started doing that I love is um, the okay, what am I trying to call them? Not Google Drive, but the ones that have all the tabs on the bottom. Google Sheets. Mm -hmm. So, like, say it's tryouts. I've got my form. I've got my tryout letter. It's all in one thing that says tryouts. And then you just click on the tab. So you could do that with going to sections, what you need need to know, and then it's all there. So love that. Don't reinvent the wheel. You know, reuse. So, Okay, what questions do you guys have? I have more, but I'm wondering what you're wondering. Or comments? 
Yes. Um, <clears throat> I don't know all of your programs super well, but as far as girls coming in and just being at very, very different levels, how do you... I t speed up the process. How do you, you know, not that there is a way to speed up the process, but do you have any, you know, great ideas as far as bringing up the girls who are struggling to get a double with the girls that are hitting their quads all the time? We do, this isn't really anything magical, but like the first week of practice in the summer, we do, we did rookie only and we just do a rookie practice going over like this is how we do this on our team this is the way we do this this is the way we do this this is like our basic skill is that everybody can do a triple pirouette and we kind of assess like we saw them at tryouts do that but you know see where they're at um go over how this is how we prep this is how we connect this is how we whatever and they're the only other dancers besides the rookies that are there are just the captains and mainly i bring them in to be able to demo everything to show them what they should look like and then I feel like the rookies enjoy that because it's a little bit less pressure and they get to learn all of those basics kind of in like one or two days and then we bring in the rest of the team and it doesn't magically bring them up to snuff with everybody else but it at least is a good starting point for them to start off with the basics of what's expected mm -hmm. then throughout the summer we offer some things just to our kids that need more of a challenge and we offer other things to everybody on the team so not everybody gets the same opportunities throughout the summer um, and then when we do offer things to everybody we will break it into levels so we really like haven't done much practicing all together yet besides like this last week when we learned our camp dance for our team mm -hmm. it's worked for us and do you do I mean obviously your JV dancers know how things work but might need a little more work so you kind of have a rookie and then you have kind of a or do you have them pick which group they're kind of in or are you I put them in groups okay. based on their ability okay. and it might not just be rookies and well like some of our rookies might be with the experienced yeah. and some of our veterans might very much be with the newer group until they're graduating mm -hmm. just depends on their ability we assign mentors to bring it along quicker. You know, sometimes one-on-one -on -one is really great. Like, it, yes, yeah, no, I'll say, and sometimes we don't always do this, but I try to do it. We assign families by weaknesses. Like, say I am really strong, but I'm not flexible. Then we have a little family that that's their little club to do, to work on flexibility. And then if I'm really, like I, you, you, we all have the flexi girls that can just, their leg goes up to here, but it, they have no like control. So then they have um, strength, they work on strength. I just sometimes do that at practice too. Everybody doesn't have to do the same thing because they all have different things they need to do. And they don't get offended? Um, no, I mean, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure there's hurt feelings sometimes, but we just, we're very, at our practices, we're very honest and black and white. I mean, I'll say, oh, I'm moving her here because she has higher kicks. They just kind of grow to accept it that we're trying to field the strongest team we can. And I talk about that a lot, that, you know, I don't care if you're a senior or sophomore or rookie, you know, I think we're going to have two rookies in the toe touch contest because they're unbelievable. You know, <laughs> isn't that sad? You know, I'm just, you know. <laughs> They, they're going to get to do it because we want to be competitive. So I bet there's seniors that are mad, but get your toe touch up, you know? We kind of have that talk the first day when we're at the rookie practices too and say you need, there's three things you need to be able to be able to do to do any dancing, and that's you need to have flexibility, you need to have the strength, and you need to have the technique. And, like, we have them do a self-assessment and say, what are your, what are, where are you on the spectrum? Like, oh, well, I'm really flexible, but I have no control, I'm not very strong, and I, my technique is so-so, you know, or some girls really has great technique, but she's not very flexible, or whatever it is, and then we have them pick their strength and their weakness, and have them think about that and focus on that, and we too are very direct, we just tell them, I mean, we got together to, they, they all learned their camp dance on their own via video, which is real interesting, and you get to see them come to four Did they days know it? of practice, they all actually did know dance. Like better than I was thinking, <laughs> you know. And so then, but the the seniors did the formations, which 
is interesting. And I told them, like, don't put any, don't put all the seniors at the front, mix them up. Well, then we get there and there's like a weak rookie and a weak junior front. And then we just said after the first practice, we're like, they can't be there. Like, they, they cannot, they're sticking out, they don't know what they're doing. So I just told them, I said, your knowledge isn't where it needs to be. We're moving you with so-and-so, or we were switching you to. So go home and learn new parts and come back tomorrow. And they did. I mean, and they were like, okay. They knew. It wasn't personal. It was just like, you need to be doing this or that. We do exit interviews at the end of our season every year with our kids, so our entire staff will get together and meet with the kid. It's really low-key. It's not like a grilling time, but we ask the kids, like, what, do you, what are your areas of growth? What are your goals for next season? What can we do to help you get there? And then we'll also give our honest feedback about, like, you did really great in JV Jazz this year in performance, but next year let's really work on your turn technique. Like, I think you need to work on power turn sets or whatever. And then it's so much easier come the middle of the season the next year when a kid like comes up to you and is sad about their team placement or like being in the back corner and you're like well per our chat about your goals like here's what we're looking for like here's what you're not getting yet and then the kid really doesn't have anything to say like we've been transparent the whole time we've given you several opportunities for feedback and then it's just way less drama like we're not hiding anything we're not being mean it's just what it is i think transparency is huge you know i i feel like if you're thinking it they need to know it <clears throat> Okay, what else? Let's see. Um, what helps you to not give up right away and not lose hope? Like maybe when you've had a setback or... Alcohol. <laughs> Did you hear her? She said alcohol. Okay. Oh. That is funny. I got a lot of it this year. We usually give things a date, like if there's something yeah. that we put in a routine and we're like, okay, we'll give it this amount of time and if it still isn't working, we're going to scrap it. We're going to scrap it, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Usually, sorry, it's fine. <laughs> do, do you usually, um, I'm very random, uh, do you usually, because I feel like when we're doing choreography, we're like, well, let's do this, but we have maybe build to this. Do you usually start with this and then downgrade to that? Mm -hmm. yes. Okay, that's yep. interesting. Oh, you to make it easier. Mm -hmm. Harder to make it harder. And if you yeah, start sure. with the easy, they'll probably get it and then it looks clean and you don't want to go back and make it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And then there's not as much time. The we hard thing with like, like, crap. Yeah. No time to get better. Mm -hmm. the, the hard thing with making it harder and having to water it down, which I do, but then you have to sometimes spin it that they don't want to feel like failure. You know? Yeah. So you always have to be able to spin it, which, you know, if you're a great coach, you can spin things. Yeah. Spinning every day, you know. I think I think what we do is we explain like why it's yep. changing. I think like when you can explain it to the kids, like and if you're just honest, a lot of times they're like, yeah, it has looked crappy, you know, and they're like, yeah, you're right, okay, like let's change it. And I mean, we don't say like we just say it's not coming together, it's not clean, it's hurting our execution scores, it's hurting our technique scores, and they're like, mm-hmm, let's go. Like what are what are we making it? You know, like and they're. I feel like if you tell them why and the reasoning, it helps them to understand it too. We had last year where we had to change our turn sets toward the end a little bit, and they were upset. They didn't want to not do this turn set, and like I said, we need to get you know something that would get more unity. And then you know we went to our next competition, and our scores went up, and mm -hmm. but they were kind of pouty up till they we competed, and then I'm like, oh okay, yeah, <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like good to point out. We do know what we're doing, you know, like, that's why our scores went up. So, yeah, that trust piece is huge. Yeah. So getting them to trust you. So what else? Anybody? We have a very different dynamic for our team this year. It's usually a very young team, and they think they want to be competitive, but they don't like the work that goes in behind it. Mm -hmm. And our veterans that we have, I won't say are the most experienced with wanting to put the work in either. So is that just a culture that you guys bring as coaches? Or is it you guys just kind of letting that season go the way it goes? Take baby that? steps. I mean, like for ours, we, we came into a team six years ago, and we, we have stages that we're getting to. You know, like, okay, by this year we want to do this. You know, by this year we want to do this. And, like, we're going into our fourth stage right now. And so we just took, don't rush it. Just take baby steps. I would say like the basics. 
within a season, I would say try, like, so like if they don't want to work hard, it probably, it could be partly like what you're, I would say like where you want to build to, like how can you break that up? Like, um, like just as an example of like doing the dance in, in an entirety as like full out, like from beginning to end. Like I can say for us, like we don't ever do that. Like, we break the dance into very small pieces. I will interval it how much of a break they have between each time. Like, okay, the dance is broken into four pieces, and you're only going to get 15 seconds today between each chunk. But they get 15 seconds to, like, mentally prepare that they're going to go to the next section, you know? And I think sometimes for our kids breaking, it could be we're going to really, in reality, we're doing that dance, like, a ton times full out in a practice, but because it's broken up into smaller chunks, it doesn't seem as overwhelming to them. Mm -hmm. And I think like, I think also like reinforcing when they are getting stronger. So like, did that seem as hard as yesterday or as last, like as last week? Like was that, you should be, it should be getting easier. And then I think if you, they can reflect and think like, oh yeah, it was better today. You know, and I am getting stronger, and they can think about that improvement too over the course of the time. When, when we took it over, we had to take change the mentality that the first step to get better is to respect the conditioning, because they would just kind of fake their way through it. Mm -hmm. Like you can't be here until you get this piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say celebrate the, the small victories with those sort of moments and. For us, I, was, I always just kind of, we have like a reflection time after we run the routine or we do a large section or something. I was like, okay, where did you feel your legs at this point today as a team? And the first spot that someone said, maybe it was only 30 seconds in, but like half, half the team said 45 seconds in. I'm like, okay, so 30 seconds, that's our new goal. We all got to get past to 40 seconds today without, where, I, where you know that leg feeling comes in mm -hmm. and your legs are about to be jello when you push through that. So that's something I think that helps with the mentality of that hard work and it's like, okay, well how do we keep pushing that further so it's like baby steps of getting to that point of mm -hmm. yeah, where steps. you have to put in the work. By the time we compete this, you gotta feel like full two and a half minutes, you're good. So mm -hmm. that's one way you look at it, I think. And I would say don't give up. I mean, sometimes yeah. we've all been there. I remember a year, not that long ago, we had one senior all the rest were really young and it was just a very challenging year. We had a lot of new kids. They just were green. They didn't know what they didn't know. They thought they were working hard, but they weren't, you know, mm -hmm. all of that. And it took about, well, it was to the Eastview competition, so December, and it wasn't anything we magically did or didn't do, but we didn't place very well. We, de we deservingly got like fourth or fifth place, totally where we should have been. But that was enough for them to be like, oh, well, let's look back on our video of ourselves and look, look at our scores. And then all of a sudden they were like, can we add some extra practices before school? Can we add some extra practices over Christmas break? And I was like, well, I can't be there before school, but like if you want to try to put something together, I mean, I have a different job. So, um, and it was kind of then self-motivated from them. It wasn't us. I mean, it was us early in the year trying to get them to get it, but it kind of happened on its own. I feel like picking out the kids that are doing it or like working hard, even if it's like not perfect. Like we have kids on our team that are working really hard, but it doesn't look technically correct. And you call it out like, you're working so hard. Like, did you see how hard she pushed towards the end, whatever. And so like calling out those kids and then more kids will work hard. Mm -hmm. And like the kids who aren't working hard, we kind of just like, ignore them yeah. even if they're doing it technically perfect but they're lazy I'm not going to compliment you on that like mm -hmm. and then it'll kind of grow mm -hmm. contagiously yeah I would agree with that 100% like just find the people doing it right and like focus on them and praise them for doing it correctly because I think that a lot of kids like they just want to be praised mm -hmm. for doing something right so yeah even if it's like the smallest thing mm -hmm. like she was so confident on that pose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you do that, we show everyone what that is. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. do that all the time, mm -hmm. you know? And, like, then that moment's like, she's going to help us get our score up to an eight. Like, mm -hmm. how do we get the rest of us there? Mm -hmm. What are you thinking about when you hit that eight? Mm -hmm. You know, and I just try to get them to talk. I think that's really motivating. Because they're like, well, then I want that moment, you know? Mm -hmm. So, 
Sometimes I almost think the rookies like try harder because they don't know any different. Like they just come in and like, you know, like hit the wall hard and they're going for it. And some of our vets were a little more like maybe jaded or like, I'm a senior, I don't have to, whatever. And so then we call it the rookies and they're like, oh my gosh, the rookies are killing it. And then the vets are like, well, what the hell? You know, like, yeah, get it together. Or the vets know it's only getting harder. So they're like, I'm just gonna hold back a little here. Like the year that we did Beetlejuice, we couldn't get through to them how to do facials for that type of a theme. And so we had this contest where it was, you know, the, the, the underclassmen against the upperclassmen and the mm-hmm. underclassmen won. <laughs> and the upperclassmen did not like that. <laughs> then all of a sudden we all were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Facial contests are a great way to get everyone doing the same yeah. faces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like competition in general, our team loves to compete against each other, especially in grades. Oh my gosh, they get so competitive. Mm-hmm. Can we please do the dancing grades and see who did it the best? Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> sounds great. Yeah, yeah. work hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We do that a lot with our drill, like with drills and everything. Like we are like, okay, this line's going first. This, like this line against this line, and you're picking who's the strongest in this line. So like they're choosing their own winners. It's not us coaches, and they then like drum roll and this line. These people are the best, and I mean, they love competing against each other. Makes them work just that much harder. I will say watching each other in small groups is really impactful. I think. Um, they realize how much harder it is in small groups, but yet they push harder because all of a sudden they feel like eyes are on them and they feel accountable in that moment. And I think that's really motivating because then afterwards I like ask them, I'm like, what do you like about that? Who stood out to you and what part? And I, I'm a big question asker all the time. I just want them to talk and feel empowered to do that. And they um, they really get into that. And I feel like some of those are some of the best moments we have in our season is when we finally get to a point where we're like, okay, let's do a dance in small groups today. And they all get like, ooh. But yeah, they love it. By the end of it, they're like, that was awesome. And so and I'm like, aren't you proud of your teammates for doing that? Like, how cool that you got to watch. You never get to see her do that part because you're always doing this part. So I think that's something that's really motivating and helpful too. Yeah. For captains, so we have a really, we only have four seniors um, and they're not the most, um, talented or hardworking, um, motivated like group of girls. But we have a junior class that is like all of those things. Um, how do you go about like doing captains and stuff like that? Because that's what we're running into right now. And it's like the juniors are at every practice. They're the ones working hard. They're posting on band. And then I have a group of seniors that I think it's they just think that it's that they're going to get it. And we haven't done anything with captains really yet because of that. So. I think in the process, I started doing that and it was kind of helpful to get rid of the complaints or the, it still happens. Like captains are a thing I wish kind of, I love it, I hate it, and yeah. kind of go away because it's always something that's drama. Um, but not necessarily with the kids even. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, for me, I think I've learned, like, I have them do an application. I talk to them one-on-one. And then I also have the team vote, like, on their end-of-the-year survey. Just, like, who do you think would be a great captain next year? Not necessarily vote, but just, like, give their thoughts. Um, and that's always something that's really eye-opening. But I like to do all those things so nothing's, like, jaded just based on mm-hmm. other kids' opinion, based on what we see, what they write down, what they say in speaking. Just, and these are the things I look for. I had... <laughs> My first two years is when like, I was young and I used to first start out coaching and I had three seniors that I was just like given because that was my first year coaching and they were already named captains. And by the end of the year I had all three of them sitting because they were just that same yeah. mentality and I just had other kids step up. I took a lot of heat for it, especially being young. My skin wasn't really thick enough yet for those type of things and like the drama I dealt with, but it was like the best decision because that's like what established that culture change. And then from there on, like people knew that they just didn't get to have that role just because they were who they were, how old they were. So I would recommend an application process or some type of way to be able to check those boxes. We also, we require them to give a speech and talk in front of the team, the team votes. It makes it a little bit of work. They have to really want want it if they're going to go through in that part of it. But we don't just go off of the team vote. If I would, if I had that situation, I would probably sit down with the four seniors and say, "This is where we're at. We don't know what we're going to do with captains yet. These are the concerns that we have. 
and we all this is what we see from the juniors and I would just be really honest and say you know we don't know what we're going to do but can you tell us where you're at or do you we're thinking of implementing a process and just ask them sometimes like you might be surprised what some of them say you know maybe one or two of them's like I don't I don't want to be a captain you know or you know maybe one of them is, has her heart set on that and thinks that's her life's goal or I mean I don't know but um, they might surprise you and at the least I think they just should hear what you have to say about it we kind of had that last year on our team we named senior captains and they were fine but our juniors like definitely led our team and so now they're seniors and they're fantastic but it's even if you end up naming your seniors captain like I, I mean I think our entire team last year would say like we were led more by our junior class and those leaders that were stepping up and so that probably was on us to not I don't know like point that out I don't know you guys can speak to that more too we tell our entire team kind of have talked in those year-end evals that Olivia was talking about, you know, juniors can be leaders too, sophomores can be leaders, freshmen can be leaders, anyone can kind of have an opportunity within their space and within their grade to be leaders, and we really try to find, you know, help every kid find their way to be their type of leader. Some are the, you know, the talkative, we'll talk in every circle, some are the ones that will, you know, be the person to go up to their friend and say, hey, like, that was a great job, or hey, do you want to run turns, you know, so encouraging in situations where we found that before, encouraging our juniors to find their niche and start practicing that leadership, even if they're not under the official captain role, I think that helps because there's so many different kids in different rooms and different strengths, so really encouraging them to kind of help, and then they can, as Olivia said, kind of end up leading a lot of the team anyways, um, even outside of the captain. Well, we tell our athletes, we always ask them, like, leaders or not, like, captain or whatever, we're like, okay, think about the leaders you've had on this team or in other areas of life. What did you like about that? And think about people who weren't a captain but you still looked up to. So we say that's always to our senior class or our upperclassmen, and they're like, you can lead and not be in a leadership role and make an impact on somebody, so just if you're named captain doesn't mean that, like, you're the end-all be-all. Because we've had a ton of great leaders on our team that really weren't named captain or people we named and then they didn't step up and people we didn't name who totally did so I think reminding your team like it really is just a title at the end of the day doesn't mean a whole lot in terms of like your actual authority does anybody not do captains we're inching to that <laughs> we're starting to talk about it with them we now do we are two, two junior captains and then we have you know some seniors and that but but we're starting to talk about getting rid of them if they're I think it's a nightmare. I wish I would have this year. Our captains don't really do a whole lot. I mean, really. I don't really I don't think so there. either, but then you get the like, kids bent on shape. Get the, yeah. yeah, there's too much drama, and, and like yeah. we don't have ours. I mean, they actually do quite a bit in the summer, quite a bit for fall, but for the winter season, they don't do a ton, and okay. I just think it's a headache. Yeah. So we're slowly kind of washing them. That, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I know Totino Grace could quit doing them because this is your idea and I go I know but I chickened out <laughs> so anyway and I she, talked to her about that yeah about she loves it so, yeah she loves, loves it she, she just loves said it. so we're we're inching our way to nuts. they do leadership team and it's yeah. like all the seniors that want to be on a leadership team and they divide the jobs up it's kind of what you're doing anyway it just yeah. doesn't mm -hmm. have that one kid feeling left out because they didn't get it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then becoming you know how they get when they don't get it. <laughs> Alien. So uh, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but how often do you change your routines? Is it after every competition? Is it every two weeks? Because we get multiple complaints. We change things all the time. Like it's just not working, you know. And daily. Yeah, and then they. I mean, they will like you're changing this whole spot, and they are just all up in arms about changing this section or whatever it should be. Like, how often do you? change your routine yeah I was like for me it's a year-by-year year thing one year we changed too much and that was just like we all felt the tension and anxiety about how much we were changing each week um, and then the next year we hardly changed anything but it was just because it was working on a score sheet but we were just like increasing difficulty and changing that way um, I feel like I found a better balance and I think it's more of like as a coaching staff, what's realistic before this next competition? How about yeah. we give it one more go? Um, and a lot of times it's really small things. But I've learned that if you try to throw too much in them, like you compete at like conferences a lot on Thursdays and Saturdays with what we do. And if you try to change something on that Friday, 
we've done it. <laughs> mm -hmm. If it's something really necessary, we've done it, but it's, I just don't recommend it because I think at the end of the day, they feel more confident walking on the floor, but just giving it that strength again versus just thinking. Because they don't want to be thinking the whole time. So, balance. Yeah, I would say weekly. Like, we try to get our changes done on Mondays and Tuesdays. Um, and not every week is major. Some weeks are. Some are tiny little details that we're changing, but weekly. Yeah, ours totally depends on how we're doing. But if we do have a part that we're like, oh, we need to majorly overhaul this. Or like one year we had to completely redo formations because we moved kids around from different teams, whatever. And we waited, we looked at the calendar and we're like, okay, we have to hold off. It's an eyesore, but we're just going to buckle down mm -hmm. till this time. And then we have this set amount of time, you know, over winter break or whatever it was to like overhaul it. So sometimes we just kind of grin and bear it until we have time to like dedicate to it. Oh, yeah. It's Definitely. better than just like putting a bandaid on and learning a different thing that you actually don't like. So. Yeah. I think too you have to think about like who your team is. I think we've had years where we could make changes weekly and they they we would make a change on Monday and we compete Tuesday for conference and they're fine and they don't say anything about it and no one makes a mistake and it totally is fine. And then like 2 or 3 years ago like they would have we would have shot ourselves if we did that because the team just like nah, like in, shot ourselves in the foot. I, I missed the last word. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> um, we oh, we would have. It just wasn't a team that could yeah. do that yeah. in that short of time. So, you know, I I remember last year being like, yeah, we can make changes all the time. This team just picks them up and they go. But there's definitely years where that doesn't. Yeah. But I mean. Yeah, after every competition, we're looking mm -hmm. at what needs to be changed. And like Olivia too, like we, sometimes it's like, nope, that's too big and that has to wait. Our big time to make big changes is winter break between our champ conference championship and before we start again in January. So, and sometimes that's like half a dance. Like we don't like this whole half it's going, see you later, you know? And how quick is, like, how can you prepare for it? Because some changes, like, I really feel have to be done on the spot based on what we're watching, and some, like, us coaches prep prior. So I think it all depends on what you're able to do as a coaching staff, too, mm -hmm. and how confident you are about what the change is going to be. So mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, like, risk-reward. Like, yeah. how bad is it now, really? Like, does yeah. it have to be changed right now? Or can it wait? I don't know. And same, yeah, when you think about when what I kids are in the room. When I coach, I changed too much. Mm -hmm. Me, too. Mm -hmm. Way too much. Mm -hmm. And I don't do as much now. Yeah. One year my kids were like, we haven't made a single change since November. You think we could, like, I have an idea for this part. I'm like, okay, I'm all ears. But, like, I just, it was going well. So we did it. And we were just like, let's just execute it better. Um, so they do, I think it does keep them sharp when you do put changes. I totally agree. Yeah. I like to do a few at the end. Because otherwise they get kind of yeah, I think even like a fresh, like even if it's an eight count travel and you change it, they were like, the change, remember the change. They get really excited about it. So there was one year they were just like, just super excited about transition. I was like, great, love that. But um, so I think it's just reading your team, but a balance. To that point too, Kristen, we, if ever we're stuck as coaches or if we're like, this part just is dragging, we will ask the kids. We'll take time in practice be like, okay, break up in groups. Everyone come up with like two eight counts and then bring it back. And we might piecemeal different parts together. And then they are jacked. Like, that's my part. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, they get I like asking the kids too, like outside of practice sometimes, what do you think? What, because yeah. then if they're in, if they feel in on it, mm -hmm. it's half the battle. Okay. Yeah. So ownership is key. I do that a lot more now. I feel like when I was younger coach, I like wanted to be in control of everything. And now I'll be like, we, you know, put through together this dance. And then I was like, we definitely need something different for this and for this. And I just told them like that section, I want to change to something else. Mm -hmm. So tomorrow bring your ideas. And then they came in like four of them were like, this is my idea. This is my idea. And I said, yeah, okay. I like that one the best. And then they went and talked the people that needed to learn it. They just did it like yeah, while people were getting a water break. And I was literally turned around to tell them, okay, will you please go teach the rest of the kids? And they were already doing it. And I was like, I'm the happiest person ever. <laughs> you know, like it was so wonderful. Have a difficult baby or have worked with a difficult baby yeah. who like really doesn't support you at all. Oh, no. <laughs> we just so we're I, we the two of us 
very small school. We have 18 or 19 on our dance team between both of our JV University. And we get the shaft all the time. This year we didn't even get to practice in a regulation size gym because of COVID and because of our gym space. Um, I just give me tips. <laughs> I think you have to educate him. I've had to educate four or five ADs and you just have to teach them what dance team is and what you do and why it's important. Mine just quit this week and he's so good. He's so good, I'm just so sad. He's going to the State High School League. He's gonna be one of the new directors and he's awesome. Hope he takes over, huh? But anyway, yeah, I've had, I've gone through phases, but I do agree you have to educate and I also think you have to pick your battles. Like we practice at weird times just because, you know, I used to fight to be in the rotation of the gym schedules with basketball. And then I realized, okay, it doesn't, then if kids are at studio, they can't be in a rotation at studio. So I just do the weird times. We go Monday nights at seven to nine, nobody else wants it. And we go, um, we'll pick a morning in the week. Otherwise we get to go to a grade school two days a week. And I, which is awesome, it's, it's regulation size. So I'm lucky that way. And then we go to our studio once a week, but you have to be able to get a gym. So I would go in and say, you know, just, just, um, Talk about Title IX, that <laughs> might help you. Equity, like um, you should be in the rotation if you choose to be, or you at least should get it a couple days a week, you know. I mean, I'm smart enough to realize basketball can't play in the cafeteria. There's no, you know. And that's their favorite thing. There's no boots in the cafeteria. Right, but they could work drills. That's what we'd have to do, you know, so. The thing too is like the right, the gym we were in last, this past season, and I get it, they like assigned gyms based on COVID, and whatever, but it didn't mean that we couldn't get in and the gym we were in did have hoops. So it's not like they couldn't have Rotated a done something. Yeah. Yeah. Could I you put it, tape on the floor for the, like, I've put, I have put tape on the floor for like the center line, the circle, the three point line, the free throw lines, the white line, the volleyball white lines. I tape off my studio every year with tape. We do that too, and then like ours isn't big enough to be a full-size gym, yeah. so we do half sides. So our, our half may be here, and then you can put the three-point line on that end. You know, you can make it work, so find a solution. Um, try to get an advocate, somebody, principal, teacher. You know, if you have any parent that's a teacher, educator, or you know, your vice principal, somebody, but you do have to educate, because they don't get it. What other varsity sport does not have their own arena to work in? Mm -hmm. I mean, basketball has a basketball court, football has a football field, wrestling has a wrestling room, gymnastics has a gymnastics room, swimmers have a pool. What does dance team have? I mean, there are some teams, and I, I, I know a couple that have a dance room, but that's not the norm for every school. And it should be. We've been, we are a varsity sport that has been in existence for a very long time. And that should be a norm at school. I agree with Cindy about feature battles. This yep. is the first year that we've ever had a regulation class gym. We have practiced in a half gym at an elementary school, shared with kids stuff. With a curtain down and balls flying into it and kids screaming. And so but I chose I chose that so that we could at least have a consistent location and we could have practice after school every day because we want our kids to stay in studio. And so that is what worked. And for my life and me personally, like I can't coach early in the morning or late at night because of my other actual full-time job that yeah. pays my bills <laughs> and my family. But um, so it's like pick your battles, but at least we had a consistent space. Now this year we are in a full-size gym, but it's not at the high school. I could have gone into the rotation and then I wanted all the gyms, just like the basketball has all girls, it would be girls basketball, boys basketball, us. I said, sure, yeah, we'll go on the rotation. And the AD really thought I just wanted one gym. And I'm like, no, For all three teams. I want all the gyms. Mm -hmm. Like, I have a varsity and a JV, and we have a kick and a jazz and all this. And he, like, his mind was blown. He just was not thinking that we would be equal with basketball. He thought we'd, like, share with girls basketball. Like, dance and girls basketball would go, and then boys basketball. So then when I pointed that out to him, he was like, oh, okay. Like, he, he just needs education. He doesn't know anything. I said, you know, we have 55 kids. Like, 
I could have five levels. I could do a varsity, a JV, a B squad, a C, you know, I was trying to explain this to him and he did not even know that realm of thinking. So now we are at a different school. It's great. We're at an elementary. It's fine. It's us and the gymnastics team at a separate school. <laughs> and you know what? It was really fun because they came over and cheered for us and we came over and cheered for them and we're... They drive themselves from the high school to the elementary school. And our JV is at a different school. So, like, our JV kids are at one school. Our vars this is not ideal, but our varsity is at another school. And our JV kids are at the school that's walking path from the high school. So, they can walk. And then our varsity kids, most of them drive. So, they drive themselves to the school we practice at. So, if you're of your school will do an activity bus. They might. They started doing that once Justin Gymnastics were both there. They did offer a bus, but none of the kids took it. Yeah, none of our kids took it either. Our older kids drive our younger kids, and I try to set up little car groups, and I talk about it because the younger kids will never ask. So you have to set that up. No, we would never be able to walk. We're just getting, like, we've had a very young team. So, like, the first year we had, like, more than, like, a quarter of our girl people in the world. So, like, maybe we might be to that point. We always do consistently generally, like, ninth and tenth grade, eighth grade heavy, and nobody can drive. Right. So, I know one thing, like, that we've done now is, like, basketball coaches are, like, some of our favorite coaches in the school because we literally didn't have a gym this year. And then I just so happened to be talking during lunch to a teacher who's also a basketball coach. He's like, oh, well, October to December, you guys can use the main gym because we have this going on. And it was just like, oh. So then we just brought that to the AD. And she's like, oh, yeah, that will work. So Yeah, so oh, not, to, not to say go around your AD. So the problem but, is, is that our AD is also oh. a basketball coach. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, you're so so <laughs> can't help you. <laughs> so my our girls really do get the shaft. Yeah. I know. So yeah. for us, we've ne our gyms have never been the right markings, regulation size, nothing. So we always taped it and kind of made it their own. Like we put different posters up on the wall because our AD doesn't. I mean, she doesn't pay attention to us There's much. A lot so of we to not actually. I was gonna say. So we we really uh, <laughs> put a line of what we can do because she doesn't tell us otherwise. Right. So we made it their own, and when we switched gyms last year, we were out of it for a while, like for COVID. When we came back, they're like, "Oh, we missed the West Gym," and so they were excited to go back to that because that was their space that they liked that they kind of made their own. Now, I mean, not ideal, not fair, but right. we worked with what we had. The first ED I had was very kind of didn't coach the school, but very unfamiliar with competitive dance. That ball program was really popular, but competitive team wasn't so when I first started I was just really annoying to him and it was fine I didn't care because I was just kept asking questions because I was so new I've never coached a high school team before I've never coached before I was right out of college and I just kept asking questions so he would pay attention to me and then I would share every single tiny victory that we got I'd be like hey guess what we went up in five points on this you should tweet about that I mean because that's what they do for like every other sport so I was just trying oh, to be nice. like super Super in his ear, so he would finally give me some time, if that makes sense. That's perfect. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And it was finally to a point when we got our new, we're very fortunate with our AD now. He's amazing and a very big supporter of dance, but like it was such a struggle at first because I never understood that on equity part of everything. And so I would just ask questions, ask a lot of questions, and ask them again and again and again. You just gave me a good idea. We should get all the ADs who are great to come on a Zoom call yeah. for all the other ADs yeah. and yeah. let them be a panel. Let them be a panel and talk about what they do for their dance team to make them help them. I like that. Who's got a great one? We have a good one. We can pick them. We can pick the great ones. That's awesome. What? We get to decide if ours is good or bad. Yeah. Okay.
you had the state tournament. You could recommend it who you thought should be on this panel. So yeah, that'd be great. I think it'd be neat. You know, let that because it might educate new ones. Pretty confident my idea when you show up. Who do you recommend? All right, you guys. Let's thank our panel and let's. Thank you. Thank you.